When balancing the risks, we will always look to improve security, and that is a very important thing. But we can't take the risk with the system itself going into the 2024 election cycle. And that's why the decision was made. It's the responsible, sober decision to make. Uh, the decision to delay a fix on reported vulnerabilities in Georgia's voting machines, Georgia's election system. That is Gabriel Sterling, heads elections in the Secretary of State's office, taking a swing at a question I've been getting in recent days. I'm sure our next guest, the Secretary of State, is getting the same question, so let's jump right to it. Uh, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, thanks for your time this morning. Morning, Tim. Uh, the question I've had listener after listener hit me with this. Uh, identified, and we talked about this some weeks ago, I don't know, month, six weeks ago, uh, the identification of so-called vulnerabilities with the Dominion voting machines that we are using, have used, and will use again in just a few short months, uh, have found issues with them, uh, and yet not going to take steps to correct those until after the next election cycle. Begs the question, why? Why wait to fix this? Well, first of all, the premise that you just made was not correct. Uh, Holderman did prepare the report. He had the full source code and the machines for 12 weeks and his, with his team of researchers, and they came up with, they said, six potential areas. Then there was another report that was prepared by the MITRE Corporation, which is an independent outside organization, and it said five of the six were, were not even scalable. And the one that was scalable was not a real-world situation. But be that as it may, we have already you know, have the security protocols in place to mitigate any of those concerns. The challenge that we have is that there is a new software program that's available. It's not an update. It's not a patch. It's a totally new software system. And that was not available for use in the state of Georgia until it was certified by the United States Election Assistance Commission back in late March of this spring. As soon as that became available, we started testing it. And what we found out is that there were some inoperability uh, connection and communication concerns that we had between the Dominion system and then the poll pads, because the poll pads are made by NoAke. And so Dominion and NoAke are now working on making sure that they can communicate to each other. And then that'll have to go through EAC certification, which we've been told will, be, will ha happen quickly. And so we'll be using that on as many municipal elections for this coming fall so we can now give it a real run to make sure that all the issues have been ironed out before we would implement that statewide. So it just won't be ready to uh, have implementation until after the 2024 cycle. But already we've done our health checks throughout the entire state of Georgia or continue that process. I'll be down in Muskogee County today looking at their system, and we'll be continuing to do that with all 159 counties to make sure that all the ballots are being counted accurately, and there's nothing that's been tampered with. And so we will have, and I can, people need to understand that my top priority is to make sure that we have safe, secure, accurate, and accessible elections. As I understand that process you're talking about, and I think you were in Anthony maybe last week, a few days ago with this, going to, as you say, all 159 counties. Yeah, you our, come in, obviously not time to look at every single machine, but you pull some out kind of randomly, you run them through their paces, and, and as I gather, Athens Clark County got a clean bill of health. A few minor issues in a few counties, but by and large, I was in Gwinnett County uh, over a week ago, and clean bill of health there. Uh, we uh, continue to see that the counties uh, are prepared, but we also want to make sure that we do our health checks, security checks, 
because we, we understand there's bad actors out there, and we don't know where those actors may come from. And we want them to understand that you know we will have robust security in place because we understand how critically important a national election is. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger with a shifting gears. You were in town yesterday, the Classic Center. Yesterday, the Congressional Georgia Chamber of Commerce Congressional Luncheon there. Uh, a little breakout session, I gather. The Georgia Works Commission pulling together folks like uh, representatives uh, from the legislature uh, and public stakeholders, it says here, to implement a plan on what you're calling comprehensive business licensing reform. What's the objective here? Uh, we have had rulings, and I've actually said this when I ran back in 2018. I believe that people that uh, are professions where you're talking about public health and public safety should be licensed. So structural engineers like myself or nurses, because of public health, public safety, that makes sense. But sometimes we have way too many licenses, so we want to take our deep dive into what are we licensing, and do we really have a public need to have that, have that license? And then the professions that are licensed, what can we do to reduce those barriers to streamline the licensing process. And so we got information yesterday from the nursing profession, some of the issues that they're having, uh, licensed uh, counselors, and then also social workers. And so those are three licensed professions. But we'll continue to look in all the 140-plus licenses we have in the state of Georgia and the 40 different boards. What can we do to streamline that to reduce barriers so people can get out there and make money and not be tied up in paperwork. Is there the possibility of eliminating some of those licenses, 140, I didn't realize there were that many, 140 different occupations, fields of endeavor in Georgia in which you are required to have a license from the state. Is there any chance that that list could get smaller? We'll be going through that in a methodical basis, uh, looking at some of these issues. There was a recent ruling that came down from the Georgia Supreme Court that was very clear that the only profession that should and have a public benefit to be licensed as public health, public safety. Uh, that came down from a ruling about the lactation consultants. That was a bill to license lactation consultants. When I was in the General Assembly, I voted against it. Then, lo and behold, I become Secretary of State, and uh, as required in my position to defend state law. But when it hit the Supreme Court, uh, they decided that that was not in the, in the public uh, best interest to license lactation consultants. So those are the type of things that people uh, want us to look at. Uh, we want to make sure that we don't place barriers on people from being able to you know, put food on the table, make some money for themselves, for their families. And so we'll be looking at all that. But we also the big thing is also continuing education hours and what does it cost to keep your license current and any kind of barriers or uh, impediments that we have uh, to our license holders. So we're looking at that. We want to make sure we have a very uh, up-to-date system. So we are updating our software also to get that streamlined for the 21st century. The software we have right now is really about over 20 years old right now, and mm. it needs to be updated. And we're in the process of doing that in, in packages of different license holders, and that should all be done by next spring. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger with us. Another couple of minutes here. Uh, again, uh, heading down to Columbus today. Another look at some voting machines down there. Just make sure everything is up to snuff for the elections that will take place next year. It occurs to me, 
that I wouldn't have asked this question. It wouldn't have come up, wouldn't have occurred to me, but Chris Carr has forced me to ask you this question. Uh, Chris Carr, the state attorney general, is letting it be known. I've been talking with different people, Republicans specifically. Yep, I'm going to run for governor in 2026, uh, says the attorney general, Chris Carr. Begs the question, uh, and I have to ask it here, you give it any thought to that at all? Your name is mentioned in some of those conversations. Uh, Are you thinking at all about 2026 and a possible run for the governor's mansion or anything else for that matter? I think that everyone should be focused on the 2024 cycle. Uh, these ideas that we run and get our name up in the hat so early. Uh, right now, we have the 2024 cycle. We have a lot on our plate. We're looking at licensing reform and really making sure we, voters understand that since day one, my job, my highest priority, has been focused on election security. That's why Georgia's recognized number one for election integrity by both the Heritage Foundation and also other nonpartisan, bipartisan type groups. We want people to understand that no matter how you vote in Georgia, we will have photo ID. Photo ID for your absentee ballot, photo ID if you show up early, and photo ID on election day. You get to cho- choose how you want to vote. 65% of all Georgians are voting early, 30% on election day, and about 5% with no excuse absentee voting. But everything is photo ID. With a verifiable paper ballot, we'll be required by state law now to have additional risk limiting audits for elections. We think that shores up security. So we're at a place where UGA and MIT did a study. Over 90% of all Georgians are really satisfied where we are and have confidence in the process. We want to keep that high confidence level. It's going to be a very strong election season next year. That's what my focus is right now. We'll talk about that quickly and in closing here, another minute or so, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, the matter of election integrity. It occurs to me, and I've said uh, things along this line, that that I don't know of any election that's ever been pristine and perfect. From my student council election to presidential elections, nothing is perfect. Do we set the expectations bar too high sometimes? No, we expect every time that uh, you vote, we want to make sure it's, it's accurate. In fact, I wrote a 10-page letter to Congress after the 2020 cycle, and we said, while there is no perfect election, and then we responded to every one of those allegations. And over time, we've been proven right. There weren't 10,000 dead people. There was actually only four. There weren't any underage voters. They alleged that there were 66,000. But every single allegation. But, you know, are there things that happen? Yes, but you want to squeeze everything out, and that's why we now have a verifiable paper ballot. And that's why we now have photo ID for every form of voting in the state of Georgia. All those to shore up security, which we think elevates voter confidence. And we understand that, you know, people are, are concerned. They should be. But really, people, uh, if you're, you know, concerned about the direction of the country, that's why you get involved in your candidate selection process. And that's why you have to, that's the political side. But our job is to make sure that the counties are doing their job to make sure that they are running fair, accurate, accessible elections. All right, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, we'll leave it there. Best of luck moving forward. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Tim.